This is the Non-Typical Nation podcast with your hosts, Brody Teal and Eric Liberty. Let's talk hunting and absolutely everything else that goes with it. Test, test. Yeah, okay, we're on the right. And we're filming, recording. We're... So, do you want this on now, on this TV? Yeah, leave that. Well, you don't have to. Yeah, keep but it you can aim it back. At yeah, because yeah, this lens cover's closed. Where's the lens cover thing? You gotta turn it on. Oh. Little button on the side. Oh. There you go. Yeah, mine has a timer on it. I can't figure out how to shut it off. I'm sure Your way. My camera. The, it's auto not recording. Shut off. No, it's just auto shut offs when it's not recording. Should, yeah, it's probably in like an economy mode or something like that where yeah. it reserves the battery. I've seen it before, I just never got around to figuring it out. It's actually not bad because I don't like leaving it on. Especially if something's going on yeah. and I'm just kind of... But it is annoying because then you got to turn it like back on. Like when you're sitting in the stand and you have an hour left and you're just going to leave it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If something comes in. So and it's loud. loud. It goes ch Yeah, mine does that too and it shuts off it's after right about now. 20 minutes and I haven't... I, I turned it off on you. Oh, sorry, man. This tripod's really good, though. I'm impressed. Yeah. I drove it over at the quad this fucking fall. That's a Vortec one? Yeah. Well, I was going to have to order a new one. I'm just going to make sure I got minnows on the fucking line. Yeah, it'll be t- tough to do any kind of changes, eh? Yeah. Oh, we got a walleye coming in. I see, oh, yeah. I got no. I see a walleye swimming in the background, white fins. Right there. Good stuff. I don't think he's a big one, but that's not the point. So he's out behind me right now, swimming around. You still got a half minnow on there, Charlie? No, I had a full one on. And honestly, when I caught that fish, I had a full one on as well. Yeah, I kept full ones on mine. I thought I maybe. See, I just seen a white fin, I think, eh? Yeah, there's definitely the right one. Corner. Yeah, there's definitely one out there for sure. It was in frame pretty good there for a second, but. All right, guys. So if you're listening to us already, um, you might be confused as what we're doing, but we're sitting out on top of 30 feet of water and about three feet of ice in a beauty little tent catching some walleye. We've got Charlie here. Charlie's our guide. He's put us on a good spot this morning. We've been here for what, four hours? And we've caught almost eight fish? Yeah, both that, yeah. Yeah, Couple it's been really a lot of fun. Ones. Got out here at, what time did we start fishing? Probably 7.45, 8 o'clock? Yeah, roughly 8 o'clock. Yeah, and we've got uh, four, five, five decent walleye and two burbot that we uh, had to the edge of the ice hole, and they both managed to... Yeah, the, us. the burbot are smarter than us <laughs> so far today, unfortunately. A little but bit the, of operator error. Yeah, both times. But <laughs> the uh, the walleye, the walleye are, we've got them down, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. They seem to be coming and going in little schools, eh? Well, it seems to slow down significantly some, for a while. And then, you know, like right now I can see a walleye coming in in the background, oh, but they, they're pretty, that looks like a big head, man. pretty slow moving right now. But, uh, yeah, they kind of come in waves. But we definitely got one on camera right now. It's kind of hanging out right in behind mine. So Charlie brought his uh, Markham Technologies fish camera here, and we used it for the first, well, we've used it all day so far, but <clears throat> first two hours of the day it was a little hard to see anything until the sun got right up. Oh, that is a nice fish. 
It's a big body. Yeah. And uh, we've we've seen almost every fish in this lake so far, just swimming by our bait. It's definitely helped us hook a few. Yeah, without a doubt, and it gives you a little bit of motivation when the fishing gets slow. Like, I don't know how many times I've sat here for two or three hours and not knowing if there's even any fish beneath you. But in this camera, at least we see something coming by every half hour, hour, 15 minutes even sometimes. And it uh, keeps you keeps you interested. I know for sure with my fish that I caught earlier there, I, I wouldn't have caught that fish without a camera. Um, it, it swam by a number of times, totally uninterested in my presentation. And, you know, it took me seeing him turn around and swim away to change it up a bit and you know change the presentation beat it off the bottom a little bit and sure enough that turned him right around and kind of made him strike so i like i said i wouldn't have caught it without this camera so yeah it's a nice little set of training wheels for you right if yeah, you're absolutely especially with these walleye in this lake that are so notoriously picky and notoriously soft biting that uh it, it just helps to be able to see them like swallow that hook and just have that extra second to be able to make your next move. Yeah, well, that burbot that I had caught, that was just textbook. It couldn't have worked better because you guys were watching that fish for... And we walked you through it, basically, which you'll see on a future Non-Typical Nation episode, yeah. probably. So Yeah, it's pretty neat. We it's, could actually uh, tell Brody when the hook was in its mouth because it was such a soft bite. He didn't feel it. So we were telling him, okay, not yet, not yet. Okay, now. And you yeah. could actually see the fish, with, you know, the head shake and the hook set and it come up whole. It was pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, they've been a little hesitant this morning. We haven't had any, like, real, real tough, fast strikes. They've all been, uh, you know, a little bit hesitant, so we haven't quite figured out which color or what they're really looking for yet. Um, we've had a, quite a few, you know, pass through and come and, you know, get near the hook, but then turns around, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, hopefully we can find out what color they're biting on and, and get her get her patterned right down. But uh, One other advantage of this camera is when you pan it around the hole, you know, you can see 360 for uh, 360 degrees for maybe 10 or 12 feet out. So you can get a really good idea what's in your area. So, uh, you know, if, if you got a pike swimming around, well, uh, reel up, change your bait, throw a spoon on there, and, you know, maybe you'll catch that pike, whereas you wouldn't have caught him on a smaller bait or a smaller setup. So it's kind of nice in that sense, too. And what I like is I'm always worried that I'm going to be jigging and I don't have a minnow on the bottom of that hook. And so if you got that camera, you pan it over to your hook and you know exactly whether or not that bait is still on there. Because I don't know how I've spent hours jigging, I'm sure, with just nothing on the hook. And uh, you got no chance then, right? I guarantee I've done the same. Yeah. I guarantee no, I think it. we all have, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right on. So hopefully we get a little school come by. I notice it's been about an hour of quiet and slow fishing. And then, you know, you get a, a walleye swim by. Next thing you know, there's two or three. So, But, you know, that's basically, yeah, that's basically textbook for this lake, though, right? And yeah. for walleye fishing is they come, they come in waves, schools of, of feeding. And then, uh, you know, there's a couple hours of dead time. And then they come around again. So well, we, we've yeah. caught all different sizes of walleye so far. So yeah, and good. this is just such a giant lake. This is the biggest vehicle accessible lake in Alberta. And there is just so much lake for those fish to move around in. So it's really hard to find highly, highly dense areas for, you know, walleye and stuff like that. So you'll get them in these schools. And that's what we're trying to capitalize on here. A lot of times this time of year, people focus on drop-offs and depth changes and things like that. Uh, you know, kind of lets fish transition from 
different water temperatures you know when they're chasing after bait fish and then they go back out into deeper cooler water and rest or whatever they they do it's it's nice to be able to see that on the camera and and you know realize that this fish is swimming around all these hooks but it's not eating right now and you know you can actually see that instead of actually sitting here jigging wondering if there's even any fish in the lake yeah yeah this really gives you um a vehicle of of being able to make micro adjustments to your like you, you said even the fish you caught earlier we had the good we we had the right bait on the right hook brought it in but it still was just nibbling with its lips right until you changed up your jigging pattern and sure enough that's what got it uh, to be aggressive enough to bite the hook right you see something down there yeah we just had a walleye swim by here guys it didn't look too big but uh Definitely had white fins on it. I didn't get a good look at it. But, well, if history uh, repeats itself, one means more than yeah. one. Um, they're not overly active right now. You can almost see it just the way they're swimming around. They're not looking to feed. I mean, they got a lot of bait down there f for them to feed on and really not a lot of activity. So Yeah, so we're targeting walleye today, and the limit in this lake is two per person over 43 centimeters. Um, in the summertime, it's one per person, right, Charlie? That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So they double it in the wintertime. Um, and I find the fish in the wintertime are usually a little, little bit beefier, heavier fish. Um, and, uh, you know, this is this is pretty standard. This is this is good. Um, what fish are in this lake, Charlie? Uh, this this lake's actually really diverse. We got tulabi and whitefish. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't even realize they're in here because you don't catch them that often yeah um i've seen you know 14 15 inch well maybe not 15 but 14 inch yellow perch in here uh last season i saw a gentleman catch a 23 or 24 pound pike on my last day on the ice uh so there's big northern pike in here and a good healthy population it's literally one of the best walleye fisheries in north america um you know, we host a number of big tournaments here where, you know, there's great cash prizes and, you know, a number of professional anglers come up and I think even Bob Azumi and guys like that yeah. come up to this one. So if you get, if you're drawing anglers like that, that do it for a living, the, the fishing must be good because they're traveling from Ontario for the most part and yeah. for them to come and up I here. And I think the quantity is there, but they just, we struggle to consistently get real big walleye in this yeah lake. this isn't a trophy walleye lake um i'm sure there is trophy walleye in this there lake. is yeah like we see them occasionally but it's it's quite rare on this lake to get something over that eight pound mark like an eight pound nine pound walleye is going to be the biggest fish at a fishing tournament without a doubt yeah the average in this lake uh it seems right about the four pound um for decent sized walleye yeah there's about a four pounder swimming around in behind mine right now that's what I like to hear. But, uh, yeah, it seems like in these tournaments that you you constantly see four-pound fish being the good fish. Like, Without it seems doubt, like yeah. when two guys come in with 16 pounds of fish, that seems to put them around the top. And, I mean, I'm no expert on walleye, walleye tournament fishing, but um pretty sure the guys that won that uh, tournament last year were averaging about a four-pound fish, so... I mean, if you can come out here and catch four-pound walleye, I mean, you're doing pretty good. But uh, there's also lakes around here where you can, you know, catch 10-pound walleye too, right? So Yeah. But maybe not catch as many fish in the run of a day. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And that's one thing we were talking about earlier is how in the summertime, on a good year, it's nothing to catch 50 fish a day. 
you know, but you're, you'll probably have 5% of those fish that crack that three and a half, four pound mark. That's a right. lot of them are just a little bit smaller, but I have noticed this year and last year, at least we have got a lot of heavier fish, heavier for their lengthwise. You mean into your shop? Uh, in the shop. Yeah. And even here, like just fishing the rivers in the summertime, we noticed the walleye are, are a little beefier. Um, you know, I don't know what plays into that, but, uh, yeah. I've heard a lot of people talk about introducing a slot size to this lake. And I think that would, I think that would be a good idea because then you have more of those giant fish, big fat breeders and the females um sticking around right well not everyone releases those fish right yeah. so slot size kind of makes them yeah um you know a lot of people catch a seven pound walleye and you know and rightfully so or get they get excited and they want to take it home and yeah. you know that's great i mean that's why they buy a fishing license and they're entitled to do that but for the long-term health of of the the lake i mean you, you typically want to probably put those ones back as much as you can right yeah but not everyone kind of subscribes to that, so. Well, and this, like, this is a very big lake, so there's going to be a lot of fish in it, but this has got to be one of the busiest lakes for outside fishermen coming in, just because it's the biggest accessible lake in Alberta. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of resorts and whatnot around here. Yeah, but, the camping. Um, yeah, camping it, it really is a helps. giant lake, but it does get pressured quite a bit. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, general local traffic on this lake. Yeah. 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 And and as well as like tourism for camping, just summer camping. All along this the whole southern stretch of this lake is basically camping yes. from yeah, one my, resort to the other, right? Myself, I've got a lake lot at Spruce Point Park in the private lots and it's nothing to sit and have a fire at my lot and watch, you know, multiple couples or families walk by with a bucket of walleye, you know, coming in to All have night a fish fry. Yep, yeah. Yeah, walking down the road and you know. Having yeah. a great time. But yeah. that's what the beauty of this lake is. You know, you go over to that marina at Spruce Point Park on a long weekend and go to their fishing cleaning station. Like, you got a half hour wait to use that station there. There's so many people lined up there. It's Yeah, there's it's, a lineup of like eight or even a dozen boats sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great to see. I mean, it's, it's good for the, you know, the community, but uh, it is tough on the fishing. So this south side of the lake gets hammered pretty hard. Have you guys ever got to the north side and fished that north stretch of the lake? By boat or by shore or I anything? personally did last year and found it very similar to what, what okay. we were catching over here. A lot yeah. of walleye. I, I, I've heard lots of people say that you can get into the pike over there. I, I never had that luck, but that's not to say you can't. Yeah. I, uh, I fished I fished a lot in this one northern uh, section of the lake, and it's it's kind of rocky, at least in that area. And so there is a lot of pike and bigger pike, but there's walleye too. And we found that... Earlier in the year, at least in this particular spot, um, the walleye were bigger than they were closer to the river. Oh, okay. I guess, hmm. to say, without giving away yeah. my hot spot. Interesting. But I also found that there was a little bit more structure, um, or at least it was easier to find in that, that part of the lake. There was a lot more um, ups and downs in the depth, and that could be because it's rocky or maybe because... Uh, that's the way that the the water sort of gets pushed all year long, but uh, I, I don't I don't know enough to say. Yeah. So I what just, you were just finding those little pockets and holes and jigging or? No, we we did a lot of trolling early in the year, um, last early summer. Okay. And we found that it's just you you you'd get into a pocket of them, you'd yeah. get into a school of them, you'd catch three or four, and then you'd be out of it, turn around and do the same thing. And that's that's pretty typical for walleye fishing, you know, if you if you're in good walleye fishing anywhere. Yeah, without a doubt. 
Yeah, you almost just got to keep hitting those same spots, and you know, just keep catching them. Yeah, you just never know unless you got one of these handy cameras like Charlie. You just don't (laughs) know, right? Well, honestly, a lot of it is just. I've had a lot of days where you come out here and have very, very slow days, you know, but then you find the one spot where, you know, you think it's the spot that's great. I mean, things are constantly changing down there, but uh, I always GPS it. If I have a good day of fishing, I'll throw a coordinate down and, you know, does it necessarily mean I'll have a good day there again? Maybe not, but at least it's a starting point and it'll put you close. It gives you at least a uh, sense of confidence, right? Like I do the exact same thing. Yeah, um, well, I'll, and it, I'll, I'll drop a pin, you know, we got a good fishing hole or, I, or somewhere where the depth drops right off and, you know, we catch a couple fish, whatever. I'll mark it because, you know, it, it's probably going to be different a week later. It could be different, you know, it could be totally different uh, the next year, but at least it gives me that thought to uh, stay there a little longer and try a little bit harder. If having had that anything. success before, yeah. yeah. It gives yeah. you that sense of confidence. Even though, you know, general fishing, you're just rolling the dice yeah without a doubt <laughs> oh yeah no well, idea. it's such a huge lake like we said when we stepped outside there and you look across it's almost like i mean i'm from nova scotia i grew up on the bay of fundy so to me this is very similar to being home on the bay of fundy i mean you can look across and see you know like you just see white yeah. yeah like other parts of nova scotia that would take you hours to drive to but you can see it you know and it just reminds me a lot of that so to think of pinpointing one specific yeah. spot on this lake that's going to provide fish day after day i mean it's that's a needle in a haystack but like yeah. i said if you can be close and with this lake with that drop off it's pretty easy to get yourself close to where the fish yeah. are going to be right so Stick around there there's a reason there's 25 ice shacks on this ledge here right yeah yeah there's a pretty uniform um structure here on this lake and you can see it if you were to fly an airplane Maybe even satellite footage, if you found a satellite picture in the wintertime, you'd see this straight line of hundreds and hundreds of shacks. And they're all on a straight line all the way the whole length of the lake. Yeah, from the east end right to the west end. You'll see it right. It's like 100 100 kilometers of shacks. My mom was blown away by it. She's from Nova Scotia, obviously, as well. And she was just here. And I, like, you know, we're driving on on our way to Slave Lake. And she's like, what's all that out there? Is that people ice fishing? I was like, yeah, those are all ice shacks, mom. Like, what? So people are out there, like, they drive their cars out and spend the day. And because, I mean, it it hardly gets cold enough in Nova Scotia ice fish. So when I got out here, I was like, really? We can fish all winter? This is cool. Oh, Oh. you had a bite there, Eric? I think I might have been hooked on the ice and it just gave me a... I'll do a little spin around out here with the camera and see if we see anything. Do for one right away here, boys. Yeah, it's been slow enough for a while. Yeah. How's it looking? Do we still got our minnows on there, Charlie? Yeah, Eric's got his minnow on. His dead stick's got a minnow on. I got a minnow on. Beauty. And Brody, I don't know. Brody you're you're sucks. off into the Brody abyss. Sucks probably just out yeah. under the ice here. Yeah. <laughs> probably a foot down. <laughs> 28 feet. I'm fishing too, the top too water. shallow. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's trying some top water bait. He put a frog on. We're, we told him it might not work, but he's going to yeah. give it a shot. Funny thing is, I've caught the most fish today. Yeah. Oh, I no. Guess, we're tied. Yeah, I guess you guys can chirp. I'm the one over here and needs to pick a sock. Yeah, our, our guide's not doing oh, so well. Oh, we are tied, here. aren't we? We are tied, yeah. Oh, we're two, two walleye each and one lost bourbon each. Yeah, and me and Charlie are tied for losing fish at the hole, too. Yeah. Yes, I. if there's anything, I will win today. That'll be it. <laughs> Man, those fish, when they let go at that hole, it is tough to grab a hold of them and bring them up. Well, and you know what? It actually, I never really thought of this till you just said that, but me and Charlie oh, wow. were talking Look at that fish. Big first fish thing down this there. morning yeah. about um, 
th- these holes, his new auger is 10 inch holes. Oh, they are bigger. And I've only ever used an eight inch auger anywhere. So I, I was really surprised when that burbot, especially your big one, yeah. turned around like it did in the hole. Yes. And I never really realized, because you've been looking at the same hole all day, never realized that it's, I think, eight inch might be better because they can't do the, the whole flip around on yeah, you. Yeah, I didn't actually. I thought they were bigger because yeah, I'm used to eight inch too. That's what my auger is. But uh, yeah, like even the nice. wall, like flipped around once and, and, and I'm just used to them coming up a, a tight little tube even and yeah. they can't go nowhere, right? Once they're in the hole. I guess that is a good point because that burbot definitely spun right around in the hole. Yeah, both of them did. They did the same thing. Is that that first one did too? eh? He just spit the hook out and did a flip and you can't hold on to the fucking thing. No, it's (laughs) tough, man. I got a hook right through my hand there four years ago on Utikama. We're pulling a big northern pike out of the hole. I grab down there. Amy's got a rod, lifts up, and it catches right in the palm of my hand. Yeah. Right through the barb and everything. You you weren't barbless? No, we had a barb on there. Oh, beauty. Sorry to cut you guys off, but you got a nice walleye sitting there looking at yours oh, right that's now. that's good. Am I, am I dead stick? No. Right this there. One? Oh, well, I just seen him. Oh, see him behind turn there? That, turn that camera off. Nice. So, yeah, long story short, I caught the hook right in my hand, treble hook and all, and uh, fished the day with it in my hand. I had to go to the hospital after, and they just yanked her with pliers. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought he was going to cut it off. He said, no, we're just pulling it right out, and he just yanked it right oh. back through the barb, just like you would on a normal fish. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. I had that happen once well, he before, too. numbed the too. hand, had put a few needles in it, and, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. See the freshwater shrimp swimming by in the... Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. See that fish? He's just looking at me. Eh? Yeah, I wonder, is that a walleye? It kind of looks see tips. like it, but I don't see white fins. The body looks right, but I don't see tips. Yeah, yeah it could be a... Might be a pike. Yeah, it could be anything at this point. I'll tell you one thing, it's not taking your bait. How close is it to oh, your Oh, no, I there? can see white there now. On his back, on his back here. Hmm. Well, hopefully we can hook him. But uh, kind of looks like I'm wondering if it's a pike because he's kind of just chilling there. Yeah, he's not in a hurry for and sure. He's long. That's the thing with these walleye men. If you were just sitting here and had no clue what was going on down there, give that one a jig for me, Charlie. Yeah, you would have no clue. This guy was sitting six inches away from yeah. your bait right now, staring right oh, at he it. Like something, he turned his head. That one's got a propeller, so you might like the sound of that one. Well, yeah, he's fading off into the background a little bit, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, like it would be, uh, it'd be tough to catch fish, you know sitting here trying the same old faithful lure day after day thinking oh i always catch fish with this one yeah well and you got to think today we would have caught half the fish we did if we didn't have that camera because three or four of those fish we had seen it go right up to the hook we seen when he was biting onto that hook what to do with that hook yeah and uh yeah we would have had half the fish we did today (laughs) well this right now is prime example there's just a fish fish just sitting there like two inches off the bottom, staring at two of our lures, jigging up and down, not doing a damn thing. Yeah, it could just be. Uh, and so me and Charlie are changing up the techniques here. We're doing they're little totally... bobs. We're pounding the. Oh, I lost. Oh, my you just lost your minnow, bud. See, and I wouldn't have known that either. God damn it! All right, I'm out of the game for a couple seconds. <laughs> yeah, well, he's not really interested in what we got going on anyway. Really? So. Eh? No, not at all. What do you guys have? You got a black jig there, Charlie? No, I am running the white jig. Okay, what do you got, Eric? I'm all gold. Oh, you've got a... Yeah. I've got a body on this one. You've got a lot of color on that one. 
It's not doing what I wanted it to do. Yeah. Have you had luck with those soft plastic bodies? Artificial. I actually, uh, I actually use these jig bodies pretty much all the time. Like, um, Oh, he's starting to come from mine there now. I'm pounding it off the bottom pretty good. He turned them around. In the wintertime, um, we use just, just heads a lot of the time. Yeah. But in the summer, I always use... And those tiger, Cabela's Tiger Tails really a fantastic eh? trick, yeah. yeah they seem to just have a little them, extra but... flair to them that the walleye like, especially in the summertime. Yeah. Than, like, the typical, you know, ye- yellow double tail or something Yeah, like but that. you're using those over bait is what No, I'm no, saying. no, I had a minnow on, too. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. I always still use a minnow. So you put a minnow and then you also attach one of those on. Well, this is, like, the body of it. Yeah. And then I put a minnow on top. Ah, I but see. But I think it's too much. I think it's too much today. Yeah. Well, they seem to be interested in that yellow, greenish, green chartreuse color. Yeah, you want to pass me what do you want? minnows? Yeah, this fish is in a hurry to get out of here, but he's not in a hurry to bite anything that we got going on either. So, Well, I'm, I've only got one hook in the water right now, so we'll figure it out. Give me a second. <laughs> oh, that's why you guys are catching more fish than me. That's Why right. is that? Because I'm only using one rod. <laughs> yeah, so in this lake, you're allowed two lines in the water. At all times, so we've got a couple holes each, and uh, usually leave one sort of just hanging there a few inches off bottom. Jig it every now and then, and then we jig one almost full time. So I just lost my minnow too, and that fish is coming right over to bite it right now. Watch, I'm, drop, I'm dropping it. back down. He's right in front of it, but I got no bait on there for him to take. Is the camera still on me? Will I see me drop down? No, but I'll reel in and turn it. No, oh, he's right there. Keep it on him. Is that a walleye down there? Yeah. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, it's a good fish. I just can't... Uh... <laughs> oh, he's going towards you. can't me. entice him. There's another one there. There's two there. There's another there? one go to the left of the screen. See him? Oh, yeah. That looks like a pike. All right, let's keep this podcast rolling. Yeah. We're we're getting we're mesmerized by the by the fish camera. I'm like a little kid. I've been pulling on Charlie's shirt tail all day just <laughs> trying to watch this fish camera. It has been pretty cool. We had a video camera on the underwater camera the whole uh, whole time this morning. I think we still got it rolling right now. It's so rolling right now, yeah. Awesome. So we're gonna have an episode um, of today in a future episode of Non Typical Nation on the Sportsman Channel, and that's gonna be really cool. You guys can see all that underwater footage. Will watch this be us. the first fishing episode? Yeah, this will be the first fishing episode. Cool. So yeah, no, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be cool. So you'll see all the underwater action see us hook onto a few fish pull them through the holes lose a few through the holes and uh, there's been a lot of action so far you know we've had a good morning it's been slow the last hour or so hour and a half um but we're hoping it picks up as we uh, approach the later afternoon yeah a lot like i put a lot of faith in what the locals do around here and uh most of the local people that have been fishing here for a long time show up at this time of day okay yeah yeah they don't even bother until yeah. you know the afternoon or evening there's one that oh, looks like a, a nice pike eh? no that's a walleye the he's body shape tip on his tail body right, shape. right on oh yeah that is yeah for sure he's coming towards me come on big boy come on, come see the problem it. with having two rods is you don't know oh that's not me to. that's me good oh, size right on it, Charlie? yeah it's a good fish but it's uh uh, it, it's not overly hesitant. interested in what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, well, we're watching a fish here, hoping, yeah, some, hoping it bites somewhere. It's curious, just a bit hesitant to bite on, eh? 
Yeah, it's it's not interesting in my bait, so one of you guys better give it a try. So what do you Coming think? Towards do you think you, it's, Brody? it's color there, Charlie? Yeah, uh, you know what? A lot of times I Can think it's color. Hook down there? Uh, not nope. yet, but it's coming just... towards you right now. That's a nice fish. This right is on. so hard to keep this camera on this fish. I know, hey? <laughs> I'm just like turning it with my fingers. No, I don't see yours, Brody. Really, eh? Yeah. So what's your guys' biggest walleye you've ever caught? Yeah, I think my biggest is probably the typical around here, like a four, four and a half pounder. Gotcha. Um, there hasn't been one that really has stood out, you know, which tells me that I haven't really caught that trophy yeah. walleye yet. Um, you know, biggest fish I've caught was about a 16 pound northern pike with a lake at a lake north of here. Okay. And uh, like I mentioned earlier today, you know, when you catch those real big trophy fish, it's like shooting a deer or a moose. You get that adrenaline rush, and uh, it is something else. I had buck fever when I was reeling this fish in, and when I seen how big its head was coming through that 8-inch hole, that was just something absolutely incredible. It's honestly been so long since I've caught a big fish. Yeah. Years and years, like, I, like maybe four or five pounds, like you said, like yeah, pretty sort of the common. Standard. Yeah. yeah, but uh, it's been a long time since I've caught a fish up in that twenty-pound range. I was lucky enough to live up north uh, near Red Earth Creek, and there's a number of lakes up there with big pike in it. And it was just a regular thing up there. There's nothing to do after work, so spend a day drifting around in a little twelve-foot aluminum with a bunch nice. of guys off the crew, and you know, you'd guarantee every night someone was reeling in a 20 pound pike up there. That's just incredible. Yeah. How some lakes can sustain those big fish regularly, but I guess a lot of it has to do with pressure too and how much. Oh yeah. You'd have to lake to yourself every yeah. day. Yeah. You'd very seldomly see someone up there. That's nice. Yeah. It really helps. Yeah. Especially when the lakes are smaller up there too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They get the big ones here on slave. Like we said earlier, they do get those eight and nine pounders every now and then. Uh, walleye wise and then you get the odd 20 25 pound pike which is just giant but uh it's definitely not something that happens regularly no uh like yeah. i've fished here probably going on eight or ten years here at this specific spot and the last day on the ice last year i saw a fella catch a, a pike that i didn't even know were in this lake I, I forget what it weighed i'm sure it was 23 or 24 nice, pounds or something nice, but yeah. it he had caught a 17 pounder earlier and I brought the kids that I had out here with me over to see it. And when he caught this other one, it 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 looked like that 17-pounder could have been in this thing's stomach. Wow. It was that, that big. Unreal. It's like you said, you almost get buck fever when you see it. Like it's Without a doubt. You know, not what you expect when you come out fishing. You don't expect to catch a 30-pound pike or a 25-pound pike, you know, maybe a 6- or a 7-pounder, but... Yeah. And this lake does have some deep pockets in it. And there used to be lake trout in this lake, from what I've heard. Yeah, I heard the same thing. I, I yeah. mean, I've obviously never caught them, but... No, um, and I don't know anyone who's caught them, but I have heard that there were lake trout in this lake, which makes sense, because it's a big lake, there's a lot of deep pockets, um, so it should be prime lake trout habitat, you would think. It's a cooler lake as well. Did you hear what happened? Why they What happened to them and why there's no lake trout anymore? I don't. The rumor I heard is that it was an introduction of, I, I thought it was walleye. I could be mistaken, but I was, I was sure it was the introduction of walleye here and they cleaned up the lake trout eggs. Yeah. I, I might be wrong on you that. Know, That's just a rumor, but. So I heard that the lake, along the shorelines of the lake, there used to be numerous mink farms. 
Oh. Okay. So okay. they they farm mink and they feed those mink fish and lake trout and they basically netted all the lake trout out of the lake is what I had heard. Oh. And it just year decades and decades of of that continually um, did it now you know again that's a rumor so i, don't I know think i might have heard is, that actually but that's too. that's what i heard because all along that canyon creek wide water or all the way up this west end of the lake as well um i heard there were just a ton of mink farms and it was a, a huh. real big industry and uh, it eventually died off i think in the 70s or so but yeah, i actually uh, know somebody a family friend that uh lives out well used to live out in wide water here and had a mink farm okay there you go well you can read about it in the Sodbusters book that the oh, community okay. history book of Canuso. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, what is that? Yeah, it's, uh, so it's called the Sodbusters book. And basically it's just a history of all the families and how they came to Canuso. And I think there's a section in there on, uh, mink farms too. So yeah. there must've been some here as well. Yeah. That's what I heard. I wonder well, I why remember... the lake trout. Is it probably because they're so oily and. I don't know, man. I have that... no idea. Maybe yeah. It's I really... just what was. Yeah, Maybe I they suppose, were just yeah. in surplus. But you know, yeah. you had said that you heard that walleye were introduced. So I heard walleye, that. I don't if know. If walleye that. were introduced at a later date, then this lake would be filled with lake trout. So if they removed all the lake trout and then walleye were introduced, that makes that makes total sense. But now that's a lot of lake trout to remove from the lake. It's so a huge I lake too, yeah. right? I mean, you'd think you you'd there would the be someone one. catching the odd one, yeah. you know, back in the eighties or the nineties or whatever. You'd think someone would have stumbled on one. Yeah. We'll have to get a hold of the local biologist and pick his brain for a bit yeah. on one of these podcasts. I might even ask yeah. Brian about that because he would know. Okay. Uh, my buddy down there that runs that Raven Brood Trout Farm. Okay, yeah. Actually, speaking of which, they just got uh, they just announced the other day they're doing a huge upgrade to that facility oh, wow. over the next five years, and that's going to be one of the main uh, facilities in Alberta. So uh, I I, th- I don't know how many millions of dollars this upgrade is, but it's he's pretty excited about it. He's put a lot of work into well, that Well, that place, is so. very good because I've heard from a few people who work, you know, in that fish and game and biologist industry, and they told me that the government is spending a lot more money on, uh, you know, releasing and stocking more lakes than uh, they have in the past. So that's that's, good. that's a good sign because so, there's a lot of lakes. So why not stock them with fish if they need the fish and, uh, you know, expand the fishing sort of industry in Alberta? Was it you telling me that they planned on stocking walleye? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't want to get new, too hey? much more in depth on that, but that's what I was told by someone who is, is in, the, in the loop and okay. knows. Yeah. Oh, walleye right on camera, right in front of us. Nice. That's a good, good version of it. Well, I just lifted my hook out to change it. Yeah. It's almost like he was following you up the hole. Because that's the farthest off bottom I've seen one yet. And it's just... Oh, oh I just missed him. Oh, man. I heard that drag. Yeah, I got to tighten my drag. The old Stratic. Let me... Well, actually, that was all my fault. <laughs> I like I like a nice loud drag, though. So I like that one. Because when they were pulling on your line, you can hear it. It is loud. Oh, this is a nice reel. Yeah, I like that. This is, is a really nice reel. Yeah, Shimano sure. Stratic makes a good reel. I know most people don't run them on an ice fishing rod, but Somebody I don't care. White? I was. Charlie was. That's what I caught that uh, one on earlier. But I'm going to just drop this right down, and he's going to bite it right away. So. See, I don't know if I even got one on here. I think I might bring her in and check her out right away here. Yeah, we're at 147, so uh, she should start yeah, picking up should on start here. Yeah, it should start picking up here, yeah. <laughs> Between two and four is usually when things start to... On. 
Yeah, hopefully oh, she yeah. picks back up for your guys' last couple hours out here. Yeah. I notice you guys don't have any walleye on the ice yet. No, we don't. Um, was there something going on? Was it's there a just, problem? It's or? absolutely killing Charlie right now that we both <laughs> released our two walleye, that we're both keepers. He's like, oh, you're keeping that? We're like, no, we'll release no, it. We were no. just so confident that we were just going to get some giant fish today, um, but it slowed down for the last like Maybe said, that's the extra hours, 10 years so. age I got on you guys <laughs> yeah. there that's uh, we telling were me We're confident them. in you, Charlie. Oh, What's yeah, that's on? where you made your first yeah. mistake, boys. Well, I'm bringing this line in to see what I got Oh, going I keep on. losing minnows here, boys. Uh-huh. Well. You get one or what? No, you came oh, back oh, and oh, smacked. Oh, we got a fish on here. Okay, and here we go, folks. We finally got one on. And Eric has snagged one. It must be that walleye that was swimming around earlier. We didn't actually see it, but this is great. Oh yeah, caught a fish on uh, on the podcast. What do you say Charlie is that a keeper? I don't know, boys. She's pretty tight. I think it's probably a forty-one or forty-two there. That one. I think we should measure it. Yeah, I think that would go over. That's around forty-five. Is what I'm gonna. Okay. Well. He looks bigger than the two smaller ones we've got. I brought your uh, thing in Where's here, stick the, the stick, yeah. Well, that's a good sign, boys. Right around 2 o'clock when we said things would pick hey, back up. with us, everybody, because we're trying not to throw any electronic gear in the lake. Yeah, so it, just to put this all into perspective, we're in a tent. We have multiple cameras running. We have a podcast equipment running. Boys, he's 41. What did I tell you? Yeah, too small. Okay, all right. So this one's going back, but... That's okay. We're on to him. I told you I just needed my hook back oh, in the water. I lost my rod. Oh, no. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got all kinds of stuff going on in here. It's a miracle, actually, that nothing's gone down the hole yet, knock on wood, other than this fish. That wouldn't be the first time. And Eric is just letting it go back. Beauty release back down to the depths. Nice job, Eric. You like to comment on that fish there, buddy? I mean, it was a pretty, pretty nice fish, hey? Yeah, I'll take you guys fishing next time. Yeah, no, anytime you can give me tips, I'd appreciate it, because I'm having <laughs> a tough time over here. Oh, this isn't even my mic. <laughs> so no, I guess that doesn't matter. Right but... now, recording a podcast, and uh, sure enough, we caught a fish while we were recording. Um, so that was Eric. He just pulled that one in. Not quite a keeper, so we put it back. But uh, yeah, go back to our podcast, wherever you get your podcast, and listen to the Ice Fishing Podcast. You guys will enjoy it. Yeah, you'll hear all this hoopla that just happened. Yeah, it's it's tough going, but uh, it's a lot of fun, and uh, you'll probably get a laugh or two out of it. And Yeah, we're quadruple tasking right not now. Not many podcasts you'll tune into right on, where right they're going to be catching fish live. So that's another pretty cool feature. Yeah, so that was me talking to the camera guys because we were filming this for a future episode of Non-Typical Nation. <laughs> oh. You got a bite there? No, I just saw one swim. Yeah, oh, look at this big burbot on camera right in front oh! of it. That's nice. so cool. Oh, you Are can we see recording? the head on that Is thing. Is that camera on stuff? Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's a nice one, man. Look how fat that one is. Okay, I got to drop my line. Just leave it right on bottom. Oh, he's got a big tail. That's a big burbot. Yeah, that is a nice one. I, got, I put such a heavy head on mine, and it uh, seemed to work, obviously. Just nosedive right to bottom, eh? Those are some cool-looking fish. I, I never really found them that interesting until seeing them here today. 
Yeah, they the look like aliens and stuff. Yeah. yeah, they're really cool looking. They're very good eating too. Are they? Yeah. Oh, I love eating burbot. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, I actually like it in the wintertime better than anything else. Oh yeah, fish in the wintertime. I like I was saying earlier, even a, a winter wall or a winter pike, um, in my view, is one of the best fish you can eat. Coming out of the real cold water, you usually have decent sized fillets, and uh, yeah, you can't go wrong. And the meat's nice and firm; they're not like yep. uh, they're not like jelly like they are in the summertime in warm water. Yeah, yeah, pike in the summertime honestly isn't the greatest. They but, get like uh, chewy almost, right? Like a yep. rubbery taste to them. That's I gotta I be find. honest, boys, I'm spoiled. I live on the South Shore Slave Lake. I eat walleye all yeah. the time, so <laughs> yeah, we I'm spoiled. Don't... I, I don't mean to be rude, but I never, I never got into the to the wall or to the pike or anything like that because it's. It's just so easy to catch walleye here. Well, absolutely, and I always target walleye. I don't don't typically target pike because anytime you're you're fishing um, the east side of the lake, you pretty much are gonna catch a pike eventually, just covering ground like you are. So I'll I'll keep the bigger ones that are a couple pounds, where you'll get a decent fillet after you uh, take the Y bones out. But you take the little ones, the little skinny ones in the summertime, and they're just. They're just a slime ball. They're not really worth it. Yeah, well, you know, and we, like I personally, we usually did most of our ice fishing north of here on a few lakes that were notorious for big pike, and you went there to target pike, so we just got so used to that and uh, really spent very little time here on, on Slave Lake, so it's, uh, it's always a treat to get out, especially when you catch walleye like this today. Are you guys able to clean them fairly well without the bones, the pike? pike? I yeah. have a hard time with it. I'm, not, I'm yeah. no expert at that yet. So No, uh, once you practice on a few uh, big ones that actually have like an inch of meat between the bones, yeah. you, you really learn the pattern that it goes to. I and uh, it's, it's all about running the way you run your knife. Yeah, and, without a doubt. And, and with a certain technique, it's three extra swipes with your knife. And, Is that right, and, hey? And you th- keep all the meats, though. That might be half the reason I haven't got into eating them yet so many people refuse to eat pike because they don't know how to clean them yeah. they're scared because they cut off like a big chunk of meat oh you don't get to keep all that meat but there yeah. is a way see my thing to is, clean is them that, keep I, all that meat. i got kids so yeah. for me when i'm eating fish at home bones in the fish is a yes is a oh, deal absolutely. breaker for a kid right like the, you want to turn a kid off to fish you know cook them a piece of fish with lots of bones in it and yeah, they'll probably never want to eat it that. again right well and pike aren't Probably they're probably the least kid-friendly fish to catch that we have in this lake, right? Like well, wa- walleye are, are spiked up and they're armored, but if you hold on to them a certain way and and the kid knows how to handle them, you're not going to get hurt. You might get spiked once in a while. Well, you will get spiked eventually. Yeah. Right. But a walleye is pretty easy to hold on to. Where a pike, you get a pike in the boat and oh, it's yeah. it's in warm water and it's pissed. Yeah. Because you <laughs> caught it. Good in, luck. You caught it in four feet of water in yeah. the weeds or whatever. And they're slimy. Yeah, good luck holding on to the thing, right? Yeah. Well, and then I don't know how many times. Hooks go flying and oh, yeah. teeth are flying <laughs> and slimes flying everywhere and they bleed like a bastard. And <laughs> Well, it's almost every single time I do some ice fishing for a pike. You stick your hand in the water and you get bit or you're holding the fish and you get a, a just a ton of teeth in your hand and yeah. you got scars the next day. <laughs> but they're they're just a ton of fun to catch just because they're so, so big sometimes. They're so lively way. underwater. Yes. Yeah. That's why I really like. I really like fishing for pike. Yeah. Um, but if they could fall off the hook right at the boat every time, I'd be happy. Yeah. Oh, we got a nice walleye coming in here again, boys. Beauty. Right there going, well, I guess maybe over towards Brody here now. But I, I really think a guy, uh, we should maybe look at planning a trip to Peerless or up north where a few of us could Do go. some trophy and, fishing. And yeah, we'll maybe yeah. hook into something a little bigger, right? I mean, even the, 
average walleye up there you're, is a trophy on this lake. I mean, you yeah. get a six pounder on Peerless, I think, is a fairly common sized walleye. Yeah. Here, I mean, you get a fish a week, a week long stint out here to probably catch a, you know, unless you get lucky, but. Typically, you got to fish a long time out here to catch a six-pound yeah, walleye. Yeah, for sure. So out there, what would you be targeting? Walleye or Lakers or probably Lakers? Because I, yeah. I've never caught a lake trout. Yeah, no, either have I. So I would love to go up there and just even even if it was a two-pounder, just to get it under my belt and yeah, say I did it. And and I mean, who knows? There's big fish in that lake. Yeah, without a doubt. Like I've seen lots of people holding 15, 20 pound lake trout on that lake. Lots. Yeah, right? me like, too. Yep. That'd be super cool. To, you yeah, know. I had full intentions of just diving in on you know deep water lake trout fishing. We got the downriggers for the boat and everything, and I just didn't end up doing it. Um, but we did end up doing some lake trout fishing in uh, BC. And, uh, you know, those fish, when you're trolling that deep water, they are a ton of fun to bring in. They're heavy. They fight pretty good. That boat's moving as well. So you got the, the force of the, the current as well. And, uh, yeah, they're fun fish. Was that when you for. did your anniversary trip? That was, no, that was outside of Mackenzie, BC. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember the lake, but it, it's pretty big. It's well known actually for lake trout fishing. And, uh, yeah, the guy who took us out, he was showing us some 35, 40 pounders that they caught oh, wow. quite regularly. Um, I ended up getting a nice 20, 22 pounds. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And it was it was good. It was a lot of fun. Um, hmm. But to him, that was small. So he just cut her up and that was it. Wow. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I'd like to like to get out for them for sure. And I'd imagine through the ice, they'd be a lot of fun too. There's nothing like catching a 20-pound fish on a two-foot I got dog. another one. Oh, here nice. we go. Eric is Eric just Eric is on him. fire. Way to go. Oh, it's pulling drag even. Okay, guys, so here we go again. Eric's got another one on. This hole in the middle of this tent is on fire right now. Peeling some drag off pretty good. Oh, that's a nice one, I think. Yeah, it looks like it's got some weight to it. Definitely a key. Oh, nice fish. Way to go, buddy. That's oh, another another Grab three. Nice. Another three-pounder. Okay, folks, so Eric just slammed another really nice walleye. There's no question this is a keeper. Yeah, no, that's a great fish. Good hook set on that one, man. That was good good reflexes. That happened fast. Just goes to show you can still do it the old-fashioned way, too, eh? No camera necessary there. That's right, yeah, we didn't even see this guy. Yeah, never even knew he was there. He's a little bit smaller, I think, than that last one I caught, but you know what? He might do a little bit Hey, bigger. what's on the top of his head there? Looks like he got attacked or hit by something, eh? No, oh no, that's blood. just the okay. That's just the way the lights look, shine on it. Yeah, that's a keeper. Nice, healthy-looking fish, though, right? Dark and gold. And... So right in the midst of this podcast and filming an episode here, uh, you know, just having a nice conversation, enjoying our day. Eric slams a three-pound walleye, yeah. which a lot of people would drive a lot of miles to catch a fish like that. I'm telling you. We'll take you. Look at you got a nice hump on the back. Yep. Beauty fish. fish. Yeah, that'll be a tasty one. Good job. Nicely done, boys. So we're, we're stacking them up here now. I, I don't know what our overall number is up to on the day, but I would think we're probably approaching 10 fish here now. Maybe more. We're having a little break here, mid-podcast. It's so hot in this tent. Yeah. <laughs> we got the heater going. It's smoky in here. Yeah. 
And we got guys getting up, catching fish. Well, two guys getting up, catching fish. I, I stay seated. I changed the color, man. You did, eh? You did switch colors. Okay, so, yeah, I just caught a nice walleye. And, um, yeah, well, we were watching that one about 10 minutes ago on the camera. And uh, just before he sort of showed up, I pulled up and I decided I was running two gold jig heads. One with a propeller and one that's not. And, of course, one's just a dead stick. So I actually decided to change and uh, go with a kind of a multicolored one. Green, the yellow. Fire tiger pattern. Orange, a little bit of white, but it's got a big silver eye on the side. And uh, I've just cranked two fish in the last five minutes with it, so I'm going to stick with this one, I think. At least still one of these guys maybe catching Man, up. mine have just died right down. <laughs> I don't know what is going on here. I don't know if I'm just not paying enough attention, not jigging enough. Or They're just the not getting is. past me, buddy. Yeah, yeah I think so. Kind of holding the monopoly on. But I'm in the here. middle, so they got to be coming from somewhere. Jeez. One of you guys are slacking. Yeah, that'd I think be it's me. me. <laughs> oh boy. You know what okay. though? When it comes to fishing, Charlie, we were talking about this earlier. You say that you know you take them out, you always find fish, but you rarely have time to catch any yourself. Because you're running rods and untangling kids. Yeah, most of the time when I'm with kids, that's how it goes. And today, I have no excuse. <laughs> yeah, today you don't have any excuse. But you know what? I've been lucky enough. I still, you know, I got to run rods for people and stuff in the boat in the summertime. But I, I always, almost always catch the most fish. Do you? <laughs> like even growing up and everything. I don't There's know what it is. This guy now, he tosses uh, another keeper onto the snow. And hey, I was, I was, let's be fully open about this. Three hours ago, four hours ago. I admitted to everybody that I hadn't caught a fish through the ice in like four years. So. Really? It's been that long. Well, I caught a few little ones last year, but I've done so much ice fishing that yeah. I should have a little bit higher number than I'd like to admit to. Yeah, yeah. You know, I haven't done a whole lot. I got it once this year, and last year I think I got once out with uh, with you, Charlie. We got a few walleye, but other than that, last couple of years, that's been it. Well, and I attribute this. This is Charlie's honey hole, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Even though Brody <laughs> even drove though out, 30, here 30 and, out here, thirty shacks out, and there's thirty shacks out here. Yeah, I, I showed them where to go. Charlie yeah. invited us out here, though, so I, I'm giving him the credit for. Catching I'll take some anything fish. I can get here, folks. <laughs> I'll reel him in, but he uh, he put us on him. Actually, at least. In including biggest fish of the day so far. Here. Yeah, <laughs> you have got the biggest fish of the day. Yeah, you better catch a bigger one there. Hey? I would like to catch that. I'd like to catch uh, another one bigger than those last two. That, that would be nice. So my wife and I have a little ongoing thing when we're fishing where if she's catching more fish than me, she'll trash talk me so that karma catches up to her and I start catching more fish. <laughs> and if I'm catching all the fish, then I start trash talking. So she starts catching. So I figure if I just start trash talking, you guys, maybe we'll. Well, you just exploited my hey? game plan. I'm trying to be a little bit douchey here and maybe pass <laughs> some of the luck off. <laughs> I've been trash talking to you guys for the last two hours. Yeah. Oh, it's man, not I working need it. for me, man. Yeah, I've just these have been dead yeah. in mine at least. Oh well, at least someone's catching them. That's all that matters. Yeah. Like I said, I don't care. This, I mean, we must be coming in quick though, because they're not circling like we've the first couple we caught, first several we caught, circled the camera a bunch of times before they even took a hook, and the last two seem like they've just come out of nowhere. Yeah, I didn't even see the last two you caught. Nice fish, though. That was a good one. That yeah, one was fat, a good one, eh? Yeah. Right on. Well, I'm going to see how far I am from the bottom here. So, 
What, what day was that 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 news article came out, Brody? It was two weeks ago about Which one? all those people that were caught poaching fish in, in this area? Yeah, in Lesser yeah. Slave Lake netting 12,000 pounds of fish over a few years yeah, and trafficking 33 it. different people, yeah. Yeah, they've charged 30 different, 33 different people? You know, yeah. I really hope they throw the book at them. And I'm not trying to be, you know, negative or stir the pot or anything, but you know what? Like, I live here, and there's a lot of people that fish here that kind of maybe not rely on it for... Well, I guess they do, right? Like, I mean, there's lots of people that come out here fishing every day, and they, you know, that's what they do in the wintertime. It saves them money, and, you know, guys come out here and you know, 12,000 pounds of fish? Like, they got to throw the book at them. Yeah. You yeah, know, they're ruining it for everyone. And not only that, like, they're giving ammo to anti people like the, you know they're they're feeding into that whole like we shouldn't be hunting we shouldn't be fishing propaganda that shouldn't even exist anyway like it's it you know people like that aren't helping us out any right no, no without a doubt absolutely it, especially on a lake that already gets pressured quite a bit you know to have another additional twelve thousand pounds of fish taken out of it is just absolutely absurd that you know, being things said like that that will change the limit well, because that many fish are being and removed. we've all noticed that in the last several years, there's been a a big change in oh, the absolutely. fish, the fishing results on this lake. Yeah, and that's not just coming from us; that's coming from the hundreds of people we know along this whole lake that fish all different angles of the lake, all different spots. Um, yeah, that's you know, from one end all the way to the other. Yeah, and right it's all from the same. wide water to Dusard, man, it's been even, slow. Even Cutbank High Prairie and like people that have fished there every year for the last twelve years, and the last several have been just like and then you never seen before. You kind of realize, yep, yeah, that's that's yeah. probably why, right? Yeah. People do, and that's just the people that have been caught. Well, it makes you wonder, right? You never know, but it really does make you wonder how much impact something like twelve thousand pounds of fish yeah, can honestly. do to a lake, even this size. Right? Can you imagine twelve thousand pounds of fish swimming around us right now, underneath us? How many more would be on that camera? Yeah, yeah I can't even imagine how twelve thousand pounds of fish. You know, how many more we would have hooked up on today? Yeah. But I guess, uh, like I said, I just hope they throw the book at them so that the next people that decide they're going to take over and start selling them in their place, they say, you know what, it's just not worth it. No, without a doubt. Yeah, they they closed the, the uh, commercial fish fishing in Alberta. I think it was three or four years ago, or it might have been a little longer than that. But um, there, so natives can still fish uh, with a net. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, a little excessive when you get into the thousand pound range, and then the fact that people are trafficking them and selling them. Well, it's and just... it's for their own family sustenance too, isn't yeah. it? That's the only way they can exactly. That's yeah, supposed that's to be the traditional harvest rights. Yeah, yeah. and that's fair, you know, which is fine. Them, yeah. yeah, it's the same thing we're doing today, right? We've let go. How many we yeah. kept? Two. We've let go. Let go eight fish. Yeah. So we're gonna, you know, we might keep a couple more, but in the grand scheme of things, we're taking two each at the most. Which yeah. this lake can easily sustain, I would think, right? And we're like, all going to go yeah. home and feed our families with those two fish. Yeah, without a doubt. And none of it's going to waste, right? Yeah, that's the key to it, right? As long as nothing goes to waste, then really, that's the main thing. But uh, I don't I don't agree with selling it. And oh, the, no. Know, like, why, why is the fish yours? I mean, this you can dive into any hole you want with this, but the fish isn't yours to sell, in my opinion. Like Some antis might say, well, the fish isn't yours to kill and eat, but... It's who whose is it then? Well, we we also pay to to have the right to do that, right? Like we pay we pay for the conservation by yeah. buying the license. Yeah, absolutely. And 
And we pay our respects. We got another fish coming in here, boys. But I mean, like, if we're paying into it, then, you know, to go home and eat some fish, that's fine, right? But, like, selling 12,000 pounds of fish, man, like, it's just irresponsible to everyone that lives and uses this lake, right? Like, it's just terrible. I couldn't believe it when I read that. Well, Charlie might actually catch a fish. <laughs> Don't jinx me. You literally just lost your minnow. Did I? Yeah. Oh, I suck. Oh. <laughs> right in front of that fish. <laughs> How does that even happen? Oh, that's I don't know. like I the third watching. time today. Oh, and it's going right over to Eric's. I, you I son of a... I should not. As soon as I open my mouth, I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> that's awesome. He is going right to mine, too. Yeah. Like. Oh, I don't care, man. That's a nice looking fish. Charlie changed her up again. You got the chartreuse. Yeah, Charlie might actually catch one. (laughs) Oh, you're not the first person to say that. Come on. Which way did he go? I don't know. He's. We'll see. I'll let you guys know in a second. I think he's over Rick by Eric. Honestly, I think he's right in front of Eric right now. I don't know what to do. I'm sort of psyching myself out now. Yeah, I know. I've been doing that the whole time. I think I'm doing too fast, too slow. Too high, too I low. have like a whole burial ground of minnows around where I'm <laughs> yeah, digging right do. now. So <laughs> that might be involuntarily chumming them in here. Alright, I'm gonna spin this camera around and see if we can't see that fish again. Yeah, it's just unreal what you can see with oh, this yeah. camera down below. So he's right in front of yours, Brody. Right no, that's in me. front of Eric's and Brody's. Yeah. Beauty. Okay. Whoever just jigged there is gonna get this fish here. Right? I'm on the right. It's like a, a, an inch. Uh, Maybe an inch away from your lure right now. Dead stick it for a sec. Here it comes. It's hard to say. That is too cool. Did he take it? No. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I think he did. We'll see. Yeah, he did. I'm waiting for it. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. No, look, 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 look. Oh, no, he didn't too, eh? (laughs) This guy's like, nope. He's not biting on. No, no, he's not having any of it. Oh, well. I'm going to steal him from you. I'm going to call him in. Please do. See oh, that? He made a jab at something. Yeah, you heard me. You tap him bottom? Yeah, I'm going to tap bottom and call him in. All, All right, right, for the audio listeners, we got to keep something going here. <laughs> this is becoming a visual podcast of which we're not filming. <laughs> we are filming for the show. We're not filming for the podcast. So, Okay, it's coming back. Here we go. We're going to make some magic happen here. I am. And I'm just trying to get everything in frame on this camera here. So I can get you guys catching that giant six-pounder. Six would be cool. Six would would be. Beauty. We are in frame. Well, time will tell if this one comes, but... I'm sure when he gets here, I'll lose my minnow. So, (laughs) when do you usually fish until... Uh, Charlie, what what time of year do you usually quit in the winter time? I'm a wuss, so I get off the ice and probably you play it safe. Yeah, probably early March even. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I'm a little bit of a wuss when it comes to that, but it ain't worth it, you know. When this lake is so big, it gets huge cracks in it when the ice starts. Yeah. To break well, up. and it's kind of embarrassing when you get passed by a one ton with a with a tidy tank of diesel on his truck and you're quadding onto the lake yeah. and this guy's passing you. Yeah, so. that was us this morning. Yeah, but whatever. I mean, I don't care. I'd rather just quad. Well, yeah, you know what? I just don't want to lose a. Yeah. I don't want to lose a truck in the lake. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm like, if it's yeah, gonna happen, truck. <laughs> it would happen to me. Well, every year it happens on pretty much every point of the lake. Every access, yeah. there's usually one person that falls in or several each year. People are always way too early um, 
on this lake, Taking and they come off up. way too late. Yeah, that's usually what it is. Oh, there's a fish behind my lure there. Yeah. They're there. They're just taking their time. Do you do much night fishing out here, Charlie? No. Uh, you know what? And I've heard that's a really good way to catch burbot out here, but I've never never done it. We did a lot last year in the shack. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we caught uh, more burbot for sure. I thought I just had a bite. I, uh, I stayed the, the night out on a lake in Swan Hills trout fishing, and uh, we did pretty good until about an hour after dark, but then I, I didn't catch a fish all night. Really? Yeah. yeah. But that was trout. I don't know. Interesting. How about you guys? You ever fish overnight? I haven't, no. Not not right through the night, but I fished like late, you know, where you come off like midnight or one o'clock in the shack last winter. And yeah, it was, we catch a few walleye sort of uh, when the light changes, like when the, when the sunset fully goes down kind of for an hour. Yeah. And then after that, it just seemed like burbot, but it can totally be what whatever hole you're sitting over right so. yeah interesting well yeah like you've caught burbot and yeah i guess we haven't caught a pike yet hey no, we no. haven't even seen a pike yet i don't think yeah that's strange we've seen whitefish which is weird because the people i talked to about coming out here today just to see what the conditions were like and how much ice there was if we needed an extension or whatever but they're like yeah walleye fishing slow but the pike fishing's good and they sent me a couple pictures of you know some nice 10 12 13 pound pike and we haven't even seen one on the camera yet. Well, I'll reel pike up all day long if they're ten, over 10 pounds. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I love There's a love fish in the back of yeah, bike. Here we go. Here we go. Come get me. That's a big one. That's in front of somebody. Yeah, it's coming for someone's. That's my dead stick must be, eh? Oh, he just took mine. He nibbled it, but then he went away. I should twist that and see if he's got my minnow off. Yep. You lost your minnow? No, no, you, oh, you got it. it. But he definitely he bit. He swam it. by you. Might be at Brody. No, he's right in behind mine, circling. Now he's going over that way. Try to turn that thing down, Brody's gonna be a roasted <laughs> potato this, here. This heater down. <laughs> getting hot over there, bud. Or a... she is toasty. <laughs> we could probably kill it for a little while toasty. if you want. Fire it back up in a bit. Yeah, we could shut her off. For yeah, if you're if you're okay. cooking. I'm gonna do her. He's over here sweating I'm right bullets. beside this big propane heater. <laughs> oh, got one, boys. Nice. 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 I knew it was at Brody's. See, you're just too hot over there, buddy. That wasn't even a bite. That was nothing. That's what happened last two of mine, too. It was just more of like a sucked it in. Yeah. Here we go, folks. Oh, no. Brody. Oh. Buster. Oh, it popped off, eh? Right at the hole. Still Lost your it, yeah. Son of a gun. Oh, well. At least they're turning on a bit now. You made me throw my whole setup out of the way and everything. Yeah, you know those last two with the podcast mic in my hand? Um, I didn't. I thought I was going to lose them sort of after I set the hook. Before I could start reeling in, but they they stayed on. Did you guys see that fish on the camera? I Not, didn't at all. Unless we, it was the one that we that didn't see it take Charlie. your bait, but well, we did see it, it swimming around. Just there oh, was, oh, there's a big walleye right there. Oh, oh there. whoever just you, dropped one. He down. was on you still. That's yeah, he he there. just yeah stay on it because he uh, he, uh, he followed you all the him. way down. Yeah. Yeah, he's right beside he's you. you. He's stay right there. beside you. Don't jig. 
That's, that's actually a really good walleye, too. Looks like it. Do whatever you're doing. Don't listen to me. Pound the bottom once or twice, Brody. He's there. He's circling. Is he? Yeah. yeah, it's a good fish, too. So just so you guys know here, when you're listening, we're looking at the screen on our fish TV, and we got a really nice walleye. It just followed Brody's all the way oh, down. Yeah, he's underneath Eric's right now. Yeah, he's hanging out there, but I don't know. He's kind of disappeared into the darkness in mine there now. Yeah, so I had that fish there, and there was just no bite at all. I just lifted my rod up, and he was on there. It's dead weight. Dead weight, and I uh, reeled him in a little ways, fought a bit, and then he just spit it out. So he lost her pretty far down that one. But there's oh, another there one is. down here. That is a nice looking fish, man. Another Somebody's wall. on his back. Somebody yeah, literally just me. put their lure on his back. Uh, yeah, that's Charlie. He's coming for you again, buddy. Brody, I think it's going right your down. direction. Yeah, swam past the minnow burial ground over here. No interest at all in mine. Yeah, no interest at all in mine. We gotta try and kill this dead silence here. Yeah. You keep talking. Okay. How are we looking down there, guys? Is it all gone or what? Yeah, this one's kind of taken off here now, but... My camera keeps shutting off, and I do not know why. You must be low on battery, eh? Well, it's just 28 minutes, so... Cooling off real quick? All right, guys, time to get serious and catch some fish. Nice big one. Oh, low battery. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go grab another battery here, guys, and I will be right back. Well, hopefully we get into another school of them here before you guys got to take off. Oh, I lost my minnow again. <laughs> What's going on over there? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think Bro Brody's propane fried minnows are working great over here. Yeah, I'm not having so much luck with these uh, with these minnows. <laughs> so what kind of line and everything are you using on your setup? I run braided line, and then I just give myself like a little two or three foot tippet or liter of just monofilament, some four pound stuff. Oh, that's really clear. That's almost yeah, invisible. Like I, I like using the lightest line possible. So you don't use a liter then, like an actual no, no. wire liter? No, no. No, the less down there that they can see, the better usually, but it's not working for well, me very for well sure. today. I've always just, I've always, I guess, grown up sort of fishing with a leader because we lose so many pike yeah. and stuff right at the boat. Yeah. Because they just, when they're wriggling around and fighting, they get that, and, and the pike notoriously swallow your hook too, right? So then your line's in their teeth and Fair it's, enough. Uh, yeah, it's I, just a mess, but I've I never, I didn't, I, I don't know if, a liter's too much because so many guys say, you know, you got too much junk down there. Well, I, I think mine mostly comes from the fact that I just grew up fly fishing. So you did, eh? We yeah. always just tied a little tippet or a leader onto the end of your fly line and away you went, right? So it's kind of how I looked at this. You get nice, strong line and this braided stuff doesn't have a ton of stretch in it. Oh, I know. Yeah. So when you go to set the hook, yeah. it's right now, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a little more rigid. But, uh, you know, I'm not, 
I think that's more for like bass fishermen and stuff like that, where they're trying to pull stuff out of weed beds and they need right. to set the hook hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, from, you know, pike fishing the last few years pretty consistently in the wintertime, it's usually just been a heavy braided line with a leader on there because yeah. I've lost... Before I started using a, a leader quite regularly, you'd lose quite a bit at the bottom of the ice hole, catch on the edge and just... Yeah, the ice is too... It's bad for cutting yeah. a line, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then I think braided line is just super important. It's got a little bit of weight, too, to fall down a little better than the... the I've had stuff, good luck with it. Yeah. I, I like braided line. I mean, it's a little bit different when you're tying your knots and stuff like that. It's not as easy to tie knots. and I think it's better. It holds you? knots better, for yeah. sure, but... Yeah, you got to just, you can do it. The nice thing about braid is it's like rope, right? You can just, if you don't know anything about tying knots, you can still tie a knot in it. Yeah. Exactly. No, I've had good luck with it. I I, I don't fish huge fish, though, either. Like, I'm just out here fishing. Yeah, we're less than, everything's less pounders. than 12 pounds here, you yeah. know, and 12 is lucky, even if you get a pike at 12. It's a pretty lucky day, so. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, we got about another couple hours here, I think. Hopefully we can get on a few. We've got two keepers down right now, and yeah, we're allowed two each, so we still have a few more to go. I'm just waiting for that big six. So how far show. are you guys off bottom here? I I try and tap bottom every I'm, couple jigs. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say same thing as Charlie. I'm literally just been working. I I stay under eight inches if I can all the time, but then I've today I've been hitting the bottom, and that seems to be what's getting them. So what do you have your other rod at that's just sitting there? It's probably between four and six. Yeah. It might be a little bit more that one because I didn't set it that great, but it's it's not doing anything. They're not taking anything that's, that's not moving. wiggling around. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, everything's been jigging, not not dead stick at all. Yeah. Actually, that one that Brody caught. That last one. It was like in your, it's, it had it's in its mouth. And yeah. It was like swimming around. You didn't even know you had it on. No, I did not. I had no idea I had it on. I just went to jig up and it was on there. That, so that was just super And you soft. said it might be, a, you think it might be, might've been a burbot. Well, that's what I was thinking. Cause I was right off bottom and it's almost like it just lightly sucked it in or it was just hovering over top. And when I jigged. Well, I've pulled up there. like a lot of times, you, you know, you set your rod down you walk away and you come back five or 10 minutes later and, and then you just start reeling in to check your your setup or whatever and and then you find out there's a fish on yeah probably nine times out of ten that happens <laughs> it's a burbot yeah come to think of it yeah we've had you know you see that quite often when you're trolling <laughs> or bottom bouncing and your rods bouncing up and down and you just kind of forget you go for a half hour and don't realize that there's actually little fish on the end of it but uh yeah <laughs> that actually a couple times um i think inter i interrupted that question charlie had by catching a fish there earlier about biggest walleye Oh. Um, my biggest walleye to date, I don't think I weighed him, but he was, he was the biggest one I've definitely caught out of this lake. And he was probably, I would guess between five or six pounds. Nice. Like not massive, but we were actually fishing out here just out at Spruce Point and we were in a canoe and, uh, the winds picked up really quick. Like it does here all the time. Right. Picked up really quick. A storm rolled in. And so we had to actually paddle into the wind to get back to the beach where the truck was. Oh, wow. So I just. I just had my line out. We were kind of just trolling behind the yeah. canoe. And uh, I just left it, forgot about it, because we had to get back. It was actually Katie's first time in the canoe. Oh, no. <laughs> and it got ugly real quick. I can imagine. And the, the group we were with, we were with a group of kayakers. The group we were fishing with, um, they went into the marina. So they just had to let the waves push them into the marina. Yeah. Where we kind of had to paddle up into the wind to get to the private lots where we were camping. And 
when I got back to the got back to the beach, I probably had forty or fifty feet of line out there yeah. just to be safe. We got back to the beach, my rod was just bent right over still, so I reeled in and and right up on the beach came in this like five <laughs> nice. or six pound nice. walleye and he's just a big old fatty and caught him, you know, in a thunderstorm yeah. basically. Oh things happen quick on this lake, yeah, man. This yeah. Lake oh it happens so fast. Like yeah. I, I grew up on this lake and water safety's been yeah, drilled you, into my head. You gotta be careful on this And map. it just happened so fast to and Good that I was strong enough to to control the canoe yeah, still and experienced enough to control the canoe because if it was anybody else, it could have definitely been bad just because of how rough it got so quick here in the Narrows. Yeah, and you hear about a it new every person year. in the boat. Yeah, yeah, and a new person in the canoe, that's just recipe Jeez. for disaster. Yeah, but. especially when you're on a tippy canoe. I mean, it's different if you're in a square back, you know, fishing oh, boat yeah. or something like that Absolutely. with a deep hull. But when you're something with someone with a who's bit of power. not experienced in the water. and Well, yeah, so what I told her was like, you know, I couldn't get it. She couldn't turn around and look at me or anything like that. It was just like, if, if you feel like the boat's tipping, you lay your paddle across your lap and you just lean on the paddle and that'll like, that'll distribute your weight evenly automatically. Oh, okay. Like for somebody wow. that doesn't know that. Yeah. Is that if that, if, if you feel like shit's about to go down, you do that and then I'll just steer us into the waves. Right. So we were able to kind of, when she got scared and there's waves literally coming over the front Holy of the boat at her shit. and everything. So it got hairy quick and, uh, we just did what we could and turned out to, I've been scared on this lake a couple of times. Me too. Coming even in a boat. Too, in a boat. Yeah. With yeah. underpowered motor yeah. going out too far, waiting too long to come in before yeah. the storm comes in and. Oh, it didn't start up right away, so now you're even... Now it's another yeah. 15 minutes later, yeah. yeah. It's a big lake, and that window usually blows west to east, right? So, yeah. And we're on the far east side, so by the time it gets over there, man, it's howling. And it's nothing to have five or six foot white caps while you're out there going right over no. the bow of your boat. That's because, yeah, it comes down the valley like a wind tunnel. Yeah. And it just picks the water up like nothing. Yeah, it is unreal. And, yeah. you know, every year you hear of an incident or some, There's always something, an accident yeah. on the lake. Yeah. Something happens every year, yeah. Yeah, like I said, this reminds me of the ocean, this lake. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm yeah. not sure it has tides or anything like that, obviously. I don't know. But uh, it's it's a powerful lake, man. I've seen those waves and tried getting a boat in. Uh, what did I have? I 15 or 25 horsepower, two-stroke with a 16-foot aluminum boat and thinking, yeah, that's more than enough to to push me along but you get into the wind and have to go against it and like i might as well have been in a trolling motor like yep. i was hardly moving yeah. right oh yeah i've seen some guys come out on the on those aluminum boats and when it gets windy man it is scary it well we, we kind of have a tradition of going out you know they have the uh was it family day weekend they have the family fishing day or whatever so everybody yeah. fishes for free yeah that weekend um, there's always, cause there's so many boat rental places in town, right? Yeah. You go out that day. I usually try and get out early and, uh, out there before everybody else, all the craziness in the river, but you get out there and you're sitting out there and you see guys, you know, nine, 10 people in like a six man boat. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> and they're yeah. just, you just hear the engine just like barely, barely pushing her yeah. along. Yeah. Hey, and you can water's see water's three, three inches, inches from the, from the, from yeah. the sides. Yeah. yeah. And four of them are wearing life jackets and the other five are kids. Yeah. And, you know, like it's just Actually, the worst place I've ever seen for that is Moline Lake. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like Down to in try the park? And, yeah, I yeah. like to try and go up there every, well, year or two and, and you can rent boats and electric motors right on the, on the lake. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a no-fuel lake, yeah. right? It has yeah. to be electric. Well, they do tours of that Spirit Island with a gas-powered... That's the only thing yeah, that's permitted, though. Yeah, so you got to use, like, paddle boards or kayaks or whatever. They have electric Which is trolling good. motors. That's good. But it's nothing to see a family in one of those little 12-foot aluminum boats and, like... 
I don't know that that lake can get pretty dangerous too, right? I mean, yeah. in the mountains like that, and people that see the sign that says boat rental, yeah. and they just well, <laughs> yeah, it can't be that hard. Go. Get it? <laughs> so I gotta ask: Have you had her out on the canoe since then? Oh yeah, she she's fine. She's yeah. a tough girl. Yeah, she's uh, we've uh, we've been on the river a couple times and in the lake again on the canoe. Okay, yeah, yeah. she's good. All right on. Yeah, man, that was... Uh, I put that girl hairy. through the ringer, yeah. She's, uh, <laughs> she's still around, though. <laughs> she's stuck around, eh? Right on, right on. <laughs> if you're listening, baby, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the way, you got a sheep hunt to redeem yourself on. There we go. Yeah, there you go. That'll be all right. When's that coming up? Uh, we'll be... I'm thinking we'll be doing the same opening week. That's kind of like... I just like to do that opening week. Right get on. in there before all the traffic is is tromping around on the on the mountain. We were a little later this last year, and I found that the sheep were actually on the highway. Wow! When everybody like you see all the vehicles parked along the trailheads all along this this highway that I trail in on, and uh, all the sheep were like right along the highway, hmm. just standing by people's vehicles. You know, I even seen a truck. I actually have video and pictures of a legal ram standing beside an F one fifty. On the side of the highway, on a little pullout where this guy was parked, and this F-150 had Smith Game Call stickers. Oh, really? And an old smoke <laughs> stickers on the on the back of the oh, wow. on the back of the truck, and there was a legal ram. I actually have a picture. I was gonna post it on Facebook just to see if I could see the guy, but yeah, legal ram standing right beside it. Wow. Yeah. That so unreal. I'm kind of thinking that if you're not in there early, like the first year yes. I went, we were in there four days before season, so we were like, my plan was to be on a sheep and then just wait for the the clock to roll over and yeah. shoot the damn thing basically yeah. and uh i mean that didn't work out but we saw a lot more sheep um and a lot less people that way we saw a lot more people coming out that were on their way in they were on their way in yeah. oh, okay and is it primarily hunters or hikers or? no it's there's a lot of hunting pressure oh, okay but I, the thing with sheep hunting and mountain hunting is a lot of guys just don't get in far enough i see yeah or and a lot of guys go too far too right that's yeah that's a big problem too, where you just you don't have to go as crazy far in as a lot of people think you do. They might be right there, and just everybody walks by them, kind of thing. Yeah. But with with the park being right there, you kind of got to get away from all the boundaries, and and you want to get away from the cluster of people. Yeah, without a doubt. They are busy trailheads because you know it is a general general trophy sheep season there, so anybody can buy a tag. But not very many guys get them. No. Yeah, no, I know a lot of guys who went, you know, five, six, seven years in a row just to really locate where those rams are that time of year. So and uh, finally get one. They're not getting them because of the numbers or because of the work involved in getting them. It's just both, I think, because like the numbers are there to have the hunt. There's no, I I don't have any doubt that the the sheep population's thin because we still have it. Excuse me, we still have a general season. Um, but I think a lot of it is just they're so hard. It's such tough country. Um, there's a limited window, really. And they have a lot of safe place to be where you can't hunt them. Oh, okay. So, I mean, there's a lot of factors. Yeah, a lot a lot of factors into it, eh? But I'm not discouraged at all um, going two or three years, four years, five years, and not even seeing a legal sheep yeah. because I know so many people locally and there's hundreds that I don't know that aren't local that have gone 10 years in a row Wow! before they get a sheep, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, even, you know, five, six years isn't abnormal even for elk. I know a lot of guys who went, you know, they go five, six years hunting elk continually to really find where they are 
um, that time of year and, and get on them. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, I guess it's, it's, uh, well, I've said it a hundred times. Reach. It's, you can't sheep hunt just for the sheep because then you're just, you're going to hate it the whole time yeah. because sheep hunting is just so hard and there's so many down, so much downtime compared to the uptime that you got to love just being there. Yeah. The whole, otherwise it's, you're not meant to be doing it. And so you guided doll sheep, right? I worked, no, I worked with an outfit. I didn't actually guide. Okay. But uh, yeah, alongside. And what was that hunting like compared to the bighorns here? Um, well, the guys that were actually guiding the hunters, like I was wrangling, so I took care of the horses. I got to go on the hunts and hunt during the day and all that stuff. But my main concern was the horses and the equipment. So it was it was really cool to see the guides that knew the country really well. And they kind of knew like, you know, this time of year, the sheep are going to be up over this range on this mountain. So we're going to hunt this camp. And they kind of know from being hmm. there, being that experienced in that specific area yeah. that they really knew what they, what they were looking for. And doll sheep are a lot easier. I mean, the country was a lot easier. Both places I hunted, um, two different sides of the Yukon and they were both, Easier country than what we have here in Alberta. Oh, okay. Like, not as rocky, a lot yeah. more rolling, less steep, less right. scary shit. Yeah. And and doll sheep, you can see them with your naked eye from miles away, yeah. right? Lots They're of times white. where you could be five or six, seven hundred yards from a bighorn, and he's just laying under a spruce tree somewhere. And you, even with good binos, you don't see him, wow. right? <laughs> so I just don't have enough experience to really uh, compare it too much, but... It's just fun. I yeah. just like doing it. I think you're right, though. You'd have to love the whole, every part of it to, to do it. Or if not, you're you're going to be miserable for a good portion of it. Not that I have any experience Although, in it, but I could see yeah. the, being exposed to the elements. And, you know, like you said, the downtime where you're not seeing anything and how much hard work there is to even get yeah, like you to don't, where you're going, right? You got glass that you can see four miles in 360 degree angle, yeah. right? There's nothing there. Okay, well, now you got to climb over the mountain. Uh, to see so again, to do that all over again, another four and kilometers. if there's nothing yeah. there, you know, then you gotta. And sometimes it's sometimes it's four or five clicks. Sometimes it's less than a kilometer, but it's like three thousand feet elevation up wow. and down, and you know, it's just a there's a lot to it. So you really got to you got to enjoy backpacking. Yeah, know, more than and then the hunt's just extra. Yeah, I notice sure. a lot of guys that are into that kind of hunting. It's like ninety percent getting ready for the hunt you yeah, know yeah. they're constantly constantly training and running and lifting weights and you know in the gym climbing mountains just for practice and you know climatizing themselves it's like a whole lifestyle That's it's not just a hunt say. it's right? the lifestyle yeah. of being a sheep hunter yeah and i'm not i'm not proud of that but i do admire it when i see it in guys like i mean they're constantly training and yeah. pushing themselves like year round just for that one week where they're up on the mountains. And so they, when it's their time to perform, they're ready. Right. Yeah. Without a doubt. Like I admire that. Like, but it's the same with you and us with whitetail hunting too. Like that off season scouting and everything oh, else sure, is yeah. one of the most exciting parts of the year. Cause I'm going to be honest, sitting in that street tree stand for 12 hours a day is not the no. most exciting time of the year. But when you're checking no. cameras in August and July and the anticipation of seeing what's on the camera and having new bucks come by and old ones, honestly, um, to me, just a ton of fun. That giant buck showing up when you're going through a thousand trail camera pictures and yeah. it's just doe, doe, doe. And then all of a sudden, whoa. Yeah. That's, that's my thing. Like, that's what that I get pumped up about. I mean, some guys love their sheep hunting. Some guys love elk. Like, I, 
I have been along with an elk hunter on an elk hunt who knew what he was doing. I didn't, but the feeling of a bull bugling back to you and, and it, it was awesome. It is the coolest right? thing in the Like world, there's man. so many different hunts you can go on that can give you that feeling. But I do notice with sheep hunters, man, it's, it's a whole lifestyle. It's, yeah. you know, with elk hunters, it's, oh yeah, I can't wait for elk season. It like with sheep hunters, it's sheep season all the time. It seems like, right. Well, They're it's constantly just, yeah, you gotta, preparing. You gotta be so physically and mentally prepared to do something like that you and you like i said you really gotta want to do it because yeah. i think a lot of guys go and they're like yeah let's go sheep hunting and then you know they never really make it past the first mountain and they have a goal of going over the three or whatever yeah and i think a lot of guys just go just to go but the guys that do it you know they're hardcore they're just gonna they're gonna go well and there's a whole other element that most hunters don't get in their daily kind of hunts like there's the isolation factor on those hunts. Like you're up in the bush, you're not going home at night to your family. You're not having a home cooked meal when you get home. You're not yeah. sleeping in bed. And that's my know? favorite part. My favorite part is the isolation. And, and this... that's just it. Like that has to be your favorite part of it. Yeah. Right. And like... the survival factor of like, you know, if shit goes down. The only thing that's going to save me is a helicopter. Yeah. Like I'm to me, that's just p- appealing. That's <laughs> yeah. No, that is. And honestly, like good on you. Um, that's cool. I wish I could be in the same boat. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt. I'm just not right now with young kids, but it would be awesome. Yeah, well, and I'm I'm pre that still, right? Yeah, I don't have yeah. any kids. I'm well, not, how old are you? I'm 21. Oh my god. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> yeah, a lot. so I got 15 years on you. So I yeah. mean, yeah. Me and Brody have talked about this quite a bit. Yeah. He's always like, "Yeah, you don't have kids yet," or you know, <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, but fuck." I like to think. I really, truly like to think. I'm still gonna be like this when I have. Oh, you will. Oh yeah, you for will. Sure. I, I'm the same way. You just do it a little less, right? Well, no, and you bring them into it. That's well, right. I, I'm excited for that. Them, right? I'm and, super excited. And honestly, that takes over the excitement of big deer and big moose and then all you're that excited stuff. Excited for them to get a bear or them to get a well, deer. And I know that feeling from guiding because I've taken. Um, so well, I've taken so many people, all kinds of people, professionals to basically children. Yeah. Um, that have never hunted a certain animal before. And yeah. it's such a gratifying feeling to get them or to like be telling them all these stories. Right. And I'm not much of a bullshitter when it comes to actual hunting stories, especially with clients. Yeah. Cause it's easy to get, you don't want to get their hopes up. Yeah. 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 And you don't, yeah. You don't want to get anybody's hopes up. So I'd still tell people stories and get them a little bit excited and everything. But when the, when the animal's finally in front of them and you see their eyes get yeah. big as golf balls and it's just a great feeling. And then uh, when the animal's down and they walk up and they go, holy shit. I still think one of my favorite hunting memories to date is just summer scouting with my little guy. And we pulled into a field over on the honey road that I have some trail cameras that we were going to go pull. And there was a doe in the field with a couple fawns. And here my little guy reaches for the binoculars. And he's like, Dad, dear. And he's holding the binoculars backwards. And he's he's three years old, right? He's trying to squint through the binoculars. But he's got them backwards, right? So he can't see a thing. I guarantee he can't see he's a thing. He's looking five miles away. But yeah, he's saying, Dad, dear, dear, dear. And I turn around and I just got it on video. And still to this day, like, I, like, yeah. I have a hard time finding many better memories than that, right? Oh, man, that's so cool. And that's what's so cool about filming these sort of things. Exactly. Because it's one thing to have stories, but when you can actually show people the video of that, because yeah. I've done a few things with Jackson, too. Right? Yeah. I had him in the blind when he was three years old with snacks and a tablet, and we filmed the whole thing. There was a doe. The doe heard us or smelt us, and it was gone, and you see him looking through the blind, super up, excited. Right? Yeah, just couldn't um, believe it was that close, Yeah, right? yeah. You know, so it's, it's pretty special, and... Uh, 
you know, it's when you take them along and, and they, they want to be included in what you're doing. That's what it's all about. Oh yeah. And uh, they'll grow that same passion that, that you have if you include them in it. Exactly. And I mean, when I look back at my childhood, I don't remember a time when I didn't want to be out with dad when he was out hunting yeah. or fishing or whatever. Right. Like it seems to me that that's all I wanted to do. Right. So I'm hoping that my kids feel the same way. Right. Yeah. Without a doubt. But that being said, you know, if they don't, they don't. Yeah, no, without a doubt. You know, they all, all have their own preferences. and. Interests. I mean, I can beat them, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I, I, can, I can physically abuse them until they like hunting, I guess. No, I'm just kidding, obviously. But you could just no, leave them brainwash in the woods and them, yeah. survive. Yeah, just, you know, like instead of watching Peppa Pig, you yeah. just watch hunting videos, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Well, what do you think? Should we wrap her up? Sounds good to me, man. Where are we at? An hour and 30 minutes. How much oh, of that well. is just blank? Yeah. Blankness. Well, a little bit, <laughs> for sure. About an hour or so left, an hour and 15 left, so we'll capture it on film and put together a good episode for everyone to see on the Sportsman channel. Hey, we got to catch Sweet. some more fish here. Yeah, well. we should probably try and get a couple more. Just so you guys can all hold oh, one there. Oh, you know. the phone. It'd be nice if you guys all had a keeper to hold in the photo, right? Yeah, that's true. Awesome. Well, let's wrap her up, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, leave a comment, share it with your friends, follow along, subscribe. And uh, yeah, thanks so Give much for listening. Give us any advice if you think we're dumbasses doing something wrong here. Let us know. Yeah, yeah. We need all the advice we can oh, get. Yeah. Guys. We're like help, three blind please. mice. SOS. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much.